0: I am so thrilled that Faraday brand is a back of being my sponsor again, because as many of you know, because I talk about them a lot and I post about them a lot, Faraday is like my favorite clothing brand right now. It is fashionable enough that I always feel good wearing it, super comfortable, very forgiving and just really cool. Um, So I'm so excited. They're my sponsor. You can get a discount with FaradayBrand.com slash and you'll get 20% off. Again, that's FaradayBrand.com slash You get 20% off. And a few other things that you should know about Faraday, aside from the fact that I'm living in their dresses for this summer, is that they're a family-run brand fueled by purpose and optimism. They make high-quality, sustainably-minded, feel-good favorites that you'll be proud to wear. I certainly am. They believe in family, quality, sustainability, and community. Summer is in their DNA, and they've created many staples for the summer, sustainably-minded with the highest of quality, comfort, and versatility, and all are made for life, which I can 100% attest to, and you should definitely go check it out. So again, fairitybrand.com. Slash Zivy for 20% off. Go try it out. I had the best time interviewing Quinta Brunson, who is the author of She Memes Well, and that's spelled M-E-M-E-S, which is a collection of deeply personal and funny essays featuring anecdotes about trying to make it while you're broke, overcoming self-doubt and depression, and using humor to navigate a career in unusual directions. Quinta was named one of Forbes' 30 Under 30 in Hollywood and Entertainment and one of the Hollywood Reporter's Digital Disruptors. Quinta's original content has reached hundreds of millions of people and her followers across Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, which has hit 2.5 million and counting. Quinta most recently starred in HBO's critically acclaimed sketch comedy series, *A Black Lady Sketch Show* opposite Robin Thede, Gabrielle Dennis, and Ashley Nicole Black as one of the core cast of Black women. Quinta has also lent her voice to a plethora of projects, including Adult Swim's Laser Wolf, where she is also a staff writer, and season four of Netflix's Big Mouth. I absolutely love this book, and I hope you will too. Here's our conversation. Welcome, Quinta. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read
2: Books to Discuss. She Memes Well. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very happy to be here.
0: I loved this book. I posted on Instagram about it. I'm such a fan. It had like just the right mix of every element you could want in a personal memoir and in in a unique way. And the thing I love, well, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have jumped in. Welcome. How are you doing?
2: (laughs) No, that's fine. I'm doing well. I am, you know, doing all the stuff that you have to do when a book is coming out on promotional stuff. But what's fun about this process is hearing people like you say that you genuinely enjoyed the book. It's, it's, it's very nice. I don't think that'll ever get old because that's what you do it for. For people you don't know to enjoy the book.
0: Well, there you go. I'm your market audience here. Is that the, <laughs> co- Is are you on the couch now that you talk about in the book?
2: I am, I'm on the couch now. Yep, this couch has seen many a days. It's, you know, at post pandemic, it's still seeing a lot of my butt, but. Check um, <laughs> couch, yeah.
0: Okay, so maybe you should tell people what your book is about and then I'll go into why I liked it and ask you a
2: bunch of Questions. Yeah. So, you know, this book is a book of personal essays, memoirs, but the theme that I tried to keep was my growth as a person aligning with the growth of the internet. That's kind of what's moving through as as we go through the book. So, it's funny on another hand it really tracks the digital sharing age of the internet while I'm being, the, the sharing age of Quinta is also being tracked as well in the book. And yeah, I, I think that that's what I've gotten down to, to say it's about, it. that doesn't sound really cool though. I like there.
0: that. I wouldn't have thought you were going to tie in the internet growth into your description.
2: Yeah. It was a huge part of, it was, it was the original motivator in writing the book. It was me wanting to track the growth of the internet, you know, and in the, the digital sharing age. But like with most memoirs, you wind up talking about yourself a lot and not I tried to just like keep that balance. I think. Yeah. So
0: no, I let uh, it, it worked. Otherwise it would have seemed like an expose on an industry or something This was more like a gradual tracking. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, one part that I liked is that from the beginning, including one passage, I think at the middle and then all the way at the end, you involve the reader so actively right? Mm-hmm. Like you're actually talking to us. Like, you're like, all right, settle in. Like, here we go Yeah. here. You know, this is why I'm doing it. And then like in the middle of the book, when you get engaged, I was like, you're like today, as I sat down to write this, you know, two days ago, I got engaged. I'm like, yay, that happened. <laughs> like, you know that. It's like, we went along with you while all this stuff was happening so that by yeah. the time you got to the end of writing it, yeah. it's like we relived it and got to the satisfaction of like you finishing the book. Somehow we all like got to share and celebrate.
2: Wow. Yeah. I mean, I love that. And part of the goal of the book was to, you know, I talk about memes a lot in the book, as you know, yep. but I talk about sharing with people. And one of the beauties of, the beauties of memes is like sharing a, a small moment. And so it was exciting when I, of course, exciting when I got engaged, but also exciting to be able to share that right then in that moment with the book, you know, it's something that normally you reserve for Twitter but you don't get to write a whole chapter that then ties into, you know, stuff with your mom and like what that, what all that moment does make you think about. So that it was exciting to have those moments that in the 2020 chapter at the end. Yes. And even though I, I personally don't think that's the best chapter in the book to me, it's my favorite because it was all happening. And I was like, I have this opportunity to, to, to write about, something major that is happening in the world. And I didn't want to like shy away from that. I thought it was a
0: cool. No, you, you needed it. And because we had come along on this journey with you, it was like, (laughs) you know, I was having a panic attack with you. I was like, (laughs) get me out of this crowd. What am I doing here? Like, Uh no, joking aside though, I found it to be Extremely compelling how you wrote about your experience of sort of being black in America and your amazing education, which by the way, I'm sorry that was illegal and had to <laughs> had to like that <laughs> the school had to like you know disappear. Um, but what a unique way to be educated through the context, yeah. through that lens of black history taking center stage. And like, yeah, it should be like a required, like at least course or something, you know, like everything seen through that lens.
2: Absolutely. I mean, there's such a huge conversation going on about that now currently about, you know, critical race theory being taught in schools. But, you know, for me with my elementary schooling, I can't even call it critical race theory. It was just a direct, here's, here's what happened. Here's the reality of your existence here. And we're going to learn via that, where I I, I didn't realize until so much later in my life that other kids didn't get that same schooling in my school. And that's what was so interesting, which is why I really wanted to write that chapter because it was such, it's one of those experiences where ret- retroactively, you're like, holy shit, I didn't, I can't believe I got to be part of that. And I think it's made me a much better person than I'm even able to give my teachers credit for. Like, I, 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 I can't put into words, so hopefully that chapter does for them how how much I think that defined me.
0: And even how you had to make the boat. Yeah. Timber and how it was essentially like a week long class trip where they taught you what it was like to in slavery times that you would have to make the boat to escape. And you were like, what? I'm not,
2: (laughs) what am I going to do with wood? What was, what was cool about it too, is everything was, you know, those weren't presented to us up front. Like, here's what we're doing today. We're learning what slaves do. It was like, we're going to go do a, you know, an arts project, my teachers, I'm sure were like, we have this ep- excellent opportunity. We found this place called Philadelphia Boats- Boat Work. This is a great opportunity to teach about math and skill and construction. And then they kind of were like, and by the way, like fourth graders, this is also something that like your people did often. And that create, like, it was always a, this just tied into our human experience. And I think that's what was really cool about it. Like we didn't, We didn't know (laughs) that we were getting this like basically critical race theory discussion in, in our school. But yeah,
0: it was really cool so funny. I mean, not to like try to draw any sort of a parallel, but like I went to Hebrew school as a kid. Right. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. every time we went, we would like learn about the Holocaust again and again. And every year we're like, aren't we going to cover something else? Like, come on. (laughs) Like I remember like the same textbook. What is like, is there nothing else to teach us? But it's like, you're, (laughs) you're sort of like inculcated. Right. So you gradually, and then like somehow or other, you turn around and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I'm scared of German people. Do you know what I mean? Like that wasn't necessarily the message, right? But like, right. you learn so much about, you I don't learn. know. It's like it comes in through the teaching. I don't know. Yeah. And then you have to, anyway, random analogy. I
2: know, no, but I get it. I get where you're coming from. I think for, for me, which I, you know, talk about in the book, it was like, it just helped me navigate through this world, which I, I want other kids to have the opportunity to do, not just uh, black kids. But if I think America's white children learned up front what the history of this country was instead of being bombarded with it at 19 or 20 on Twitter, like, I just think like it would make such a huge difference if we all just knew our history much sooner and, and not the squeaky clean version of America's history. Right. no for sure.
0: You also do such a nice job. The scene with your mom, when she Mm -hmm. didn't want you to wear those earrings, like you have a scene where you buy this 299 pair of really chunky gold earrings and she didn't want you to wear them and whatever. And, you know, she was saying she didn't want to lose you as you went off. Right. And you realize later in the book, why she's saying that and the power of sort of seeing your parents as real people. Tell me a little bit about that.
2: Yeah. You know, my mother and I, our relationship, i it's the thing I, I obsess over. As in, you know, I just think about our relationship all the time for no reason because she is the most critical person in my life. In a way, I wouldn't take that from anybody else. I mean, I, I guess this is not unique. A lot of us are like that with our mothers. But she's also like one of the people I admire most in my life. Like when I, and so I think our relationship was was very complicated growing up we as I talk about in the book we were never the screaming at each other type but we we could reach some real points of contention that were very complex you know because I in a lot of ways was like you made me like this you why are you mad at what you created (laughs) and I'm sure she probably had a little bit of like I know her potential, I know what she is, I just don't want her to get hurt, you know? And so I wanted to write about that because I I don't believe it's unique. I think so many girls have complicated relationships with their mothers, especially Black girls. And I don't think that that complexity has been explored as much yet. You know, like in TV and film, we've seen bad relationships and we've seen good relationships. And, you know, bad relationships can be really bad, but I think there's this in-between world with mothers and daughters where there is so much that you're sifting through, so much generational womanhood stuff, you know, like even the issue of like, we, we all joke about it, but when you get married, when you're having children, that's like a huge issue for us. I, I I'm a more modern woman. We don't Technically have to get married. Like we don't have to like get married to navigate through the world. But you know, my mom's generation, it was kind of a requirement not only to be seen as like a respectful woman, but it was a requirement to do other things. Like, you know, it was, it was a marriage was such a huge part of your ability to be successful, you know. And so we'll we'll have our little teeny arguments, and those arguments are about much bigger things. Like if my mom says something about My hair, it's also connected to my success in America. When are you going to get married? Are you being a a promiscuous woman or are you being a a good woman? Does God like your hair? It's so much tied into that one question. (laughs) Do you like God still? It's just so much. So that chapter, it felt like the most natural way to talk about my relationship with my mom. And and I, I love starting with the simplest of things like earrings and going into a big overarching itch issue. And also that day was just so you know prevalent in my mind. I, I think about that day a lot. And so it was a little therapeutic to write about it and to go back and ask my mom, like, do you remember that day? Like, do you remember that as well as I remember it? And, and it was funny as she didn't, but it has such an effect on me. And I found that unique too. For my mom, that was kind of just another argument. But for me, it was so weighty. But yeah. So like I'm rambling now? I'm
0: no, like, not at all. Now okay. I'm in my head. I'm thinking, oh gosh, like what are my kids going to remember the rest of their lives? Yeah. And for me, I don't even like, I couldn't even tell you what happened yesterday. I know.
2: Um, no, I <laughs> I'm like, man, what, what ways am I going to give my child a nervous breakdown?
0: In? <laughs> I also wanted to, wait, I wanted to find this passage where you were talking about friendship and yeah. how, well, we'll see if... Yeah, I love this. This is my favorite line, I think, in the book. Does a like replace a lunch? Maybe it's because I'm also sort of obsessed with social media myself. But he said, I probably sound like a cranky old person right now, but I just care about genuine connection because it has given me so much. How often do you physically engage with what your friends are going through? Does a comment fill the same space as a call? Does a like replace a lunch? If you're lucky enough to have multiple close friends, even if they aren't lifelong ones, what are you doing to show them that you value those people, that you want to maintain the relationship? What more can you do besides sending a meme or an emoji reaction? Sure, social media can bring us together, but it will not always foster those connections that can get us to grow together.
2: Wow. You know, it's it's so cool hearing other people things <laughs> grow back to you. Because I, I, I haven't heard in, any of this stuff out loud. I don't know. Oh, it sounds great. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, wow.
1: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month.
2: that was, was pretty good. I can keep going. I have a <laughs> oh, few
0: more passages I under I have like all these pages.
2: <laughs> no, that that was great. Wow.
0: Yeah. So, do you, after thinking this whole thing through, like do you feel like you took your own advice or do you feel like sometimes you do fall into the trap of of a heart emoji instead of a a phone call?
2: Definitely. Definitely still fall into the trap. I mean, wh- one thing Just, you know, going into your question, when I was writing this book, I was like, I don't want to tell people I don't want to make a a tell all book or a how to book or I I want I wanted to talk as if, you know, these are things I think are right and I'm striving to do. You know, I think the most preachy chapter is the chapter about like makeup and stuff, but (laughs) I know I got preachy in that one, but I feel strongly about that subject. But this one is is hard. You know, some of the friends I even talk about in that book, in that I'm sorry, in that chapter, I like we only communicate through Instagram messaging. And I'm like, oh, I have to get better at this. But that's huge for us. Like these are friends from high school who I, you know, who a like or comment or a heart could suffice. But I'm trying to, you know, make a point to communicate, especially with my friend Tiara, who just has such a totally different lifestyle from me. But I but but we both still strive to be in each other's lives. And and sometimes that just means making the effort. Like when I go back east, I do hit her up like, hey, you wanna you wanna get together? And she's like, I can't because I gotta do this and I gotta pick up my baby and blah blah blah. It's just like different lifestyles eventually become the the changing factor. But on a much larger on a like a different thing, there's a friend from high school I I'm saw out here recently. And now we're hanging out because I'm like, I want to hang out with you. So we've been getting lunch and going out to little events and like, we're going to go hiking on Friday because I really want to manifest and have these real relationships. For me, they feel more fulfilling than just having internet relationships with my friends. Even if I start like connecting with someone online, I do want the next step to be let's get lunch instead of Become just becoming just internet friends, you know? I think that's a thing that happens a lot now is you'll, you'll meet someone online, you know, or, or start following someone. And maybe you guys start communicating. And, and and before you know it, you've known this person via Twitter for five years, but never met in real life. And then it's weird when you do meet because nobody made the effort to meet. You just happen to be standing in front of each other like, wow, that's, that's you. So I think when you take that leap of faith and it's like, let's go have real... Interaction, it means something. It's the it's the effort, even that's like you're willing to put yourself out there in an uncomfortable way. And it can even feel like that with our friendships we've had forever. It can feel like, oh man, I have to put myself out there to meet in person. But I just think it's important. Without my my real life friendships, I would not have made it through the toughest points in my life. Like, yeah, expressing your grievances and your heartache to the internet is one thing, but to me, there's nothing like a real physical person who who knows you, who actually knows you to help you get through, get through whatever it is you're going through.
0: It's true. There's the immediacy of putting it online, right? You You put it out there and then like right away someone responds. And you're right. It's hard to connect. I mean, even for the, we're all, everyone's so busy, right? We're just all so busy. So even when you have like every so often, I'm like, oh, I have 20 minutes while I walk from here to there. I'll call some friends. And of course, like nobody picks up, right?
2: I know that's a hard part too, but you know, I think it's important that you try, that you try to and you know, they see your missed call. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know. I'm like, do I leave a voicemail? Does anyone even listen to voicemails? My husband's like, no one plays voicemails. Why do you say it's me? I'm calling. Like he's like, that's such a waste. Do you have anything to say? Otherwise, just hang up. They'll see it.
2: I'm like, what? <laughs> that's hilarious. I guess he's right. That's what I do. I don't leave like voicemails. My voicemail box has been full for the past like eight years. And uh, <laughs> I see the missed call. No, but that makes a difference. Like and you said something, the, the immediacy of the internet, like sometimes I watch people or even I have posted something on the internet and it's the medi- the immediacy of the, like, I'll say, oh man, I, you know, having a rough day. And it's the immediacy of the, oh no, girl, like tell those haters. To, and it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa I, it's just, you don't know. Thank you. That's so sweet. And I appreciate it. But in re- the grand scheme of things, the people on the internet don't know what's going on in my day, you know, and that's just how the way like the internet works but it's just not real. I don't know what to say. No, I know, you're right. You're right. I- I feel like this book makes me sound like an old cranky person sometimes. i don't like, it.
0: no, like I think the, it's. I think the the really important thing to remember is that is one type of sort of. Yeah, my kids would say like filling your bucket, right? Like that yeah. fills a part of the bucket, right? But not the yeah. whole thing, right? And yeah. there's a time and a place for that. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's okay, and you can get that little jolt that maybe you need, so you can get mm-hmm. out of bed to call your friend. <laughs> But Absolutely. it is it is a tool in in the arsenal yeah. of, of sort of Absolutely. self-care in a way. Anyway, I think that's great, especially for younger kids to remember as they like... Yes. You know, for us, I mean, I'm much older than you, but like, this is a new
2: world, right? They're growing up like this. So anyway. Yes. No, but that's a huge part of, of why I even talked about things like that. Because I really want this book to like get in the hands of younger people. I just you know, I'm sure people in my generation will read and enjoy it. But when I, you know, when I was younger, books like this helped me move through the world and with them being in the digital sharing age, and to me, not having many books like this, just my opinion. I did, you know, search around out there. I just hope that younger people find this kind of a book and enjoy it. I'm sure they will.
0: I'm sure you'll find a way to market it brilliantly per you know, on with your, I mean, cause the way you describe your career and like from the Apple store to like what Hulu or wherever your show, ABC or whatever, you know, like the trajectory of how you did that. Cause I think people are often curious, right? Like it must've been so easy or, you know, it's like from one day to the next, it's like I had this small break and I took that opportunity. I mean, that's really what life comes down to, right? It's like- putting yourself out there enough that like one of the times when you do it lands in the right place, right? It's like yeah. going fishing or something. If you're mm-hmm. not on the boat, throwing the line out, no one's ever gonna,
2: I mean, that's like so stupid, but yeah, no, that's, that was not stupid. That was very, that was a great analogy. All right. <laughs> okay. Thanks. All right. Fine. You write a few books in your day, Zibby.
0: <laughs> I am <laughs> writing a book. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, I think you sort of did a show not tell of that as well. You. And how is it now? Like, cause now I feel like maybe in a creepy way, invested in your life. <laughs> <I> mean, like, <laughs> so like this part of your life now where you have this book coming out and everything, how does this feel in, in the context of, of everything else that you've sort of done from a career perspective? And
2: yeah. How does it feel? You know, even talking to people like you makes me feel good, but I think I feel a certain sense of freedom and at the same time, anxiety about it. I'm like, you know, what's in the book that people aren't going to like? That's just a natural feeling because I, I felt I was as vulnerable as I could be while, my, while maintaining, you know, some privacy. And when it comes to a book and you're writing so many words, you know, it's like it's, there's going to be something in here that someone doesn't like. And that's just the way it is. And I, and I want to be ready for that and accept that but also know that that doesn't mean the book isn't good. Like, you know, like it's just, it's a long, it's 320 pages. I'd be, it'd be crazy if someone didn't find anything they didn't like that. Like that'd be nuts. So I think that that's a worry I have, but the idea of like doing a book, it's done and now it's going out into the world. There is such freedom in that. Like there's n- nothing I can do now, <laughs> and but hope that people enjoy it. And that's, hearing people like you, but also like, I'm not going to lie. I've gone on Goodreads and read some reviews. (laughs) Like it is so wild to see people enjoying the book the way you intended for them to enjoy it. That is like, I don't know what to say. I mean, you, you've been doing into books for a long time. It's just like, wow, not only are they enjoying it, but enjoying it, how I envisioned them enjoying it when I was writing it. I don't know. It's just something so special about that. That's different as opposed to like being in a, a show or a film or something like that. And and maybe this is the first big thing that I've gotten to create that's going out into the world, you know, because I've had my own, you know, internet series or internet videos and stuff. And, and, and yeah, like people enjoy those. Once again, it's the immediacy of the internet. So it's that instant dopamine hit, not only to the audience, but to me as a creator, But with something like a book, it's like someone is sitting there and reading these chapters and still comes out on the other side saying, wow, I so enjoyed this. I love that people or what I'm hearing often is that people feel like they're on a journey with me and that it feels like friendship because that is really important to me. It was one of the main things I wanted to do with the book. I just I didn't want to be preachy. I wanted to be me who is not perfect and a friend and give that out into the world. So I'm happy people are feeling that I am at the point currently where I'm like, I will, I don't know if I'll ever do this again. (laughs) I I can't believe people are like, I can't wait to write my next book. I'm like, what? Like, this is the craziest thing I've ever done. Without a doubt, the hardest thing I've I've ever done in my life. I'm not going to, it was hard. It was hard. Like shout out to my publisher (laughs) And shout out to like my book editor, because I don't know. She was on my ass because i I had tough also with this book, you know, my life was changing so much while I was writing it, and because I did want to keep it so current, that made it harder. You know, I wasn't just writing about my past. I was writing about my present. And when your present is constantly evolving, you know, it, it's hard to I had to keep doing check-ins with myself, like making sure i I knew what how I felt and how I and I think most people don't do that till later. They, you know, at 31, you get to go back to 27 and be like, oh man, I was dumb. Or I was, but I was had to do constant check-ins with myself. Like, no, what how are you feeling? Cause you're trying to put it on the page. So what do you really think? And what are you really comfortable with the world knowing right now? So yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm happy that part's over. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: the biggest mindfulness exercise you will ever go through in your life. Oh my gosh.
2: <laughs> I I described it to a friend as it felt like being your own therapist, Mm -hmm. like in that's hard. Yeah. (laughs) That's hard.
0: Well, honestly, and I'm not just saying this, like you did a great job and i read a ton of books and you know every book has their own strengths and everything but you did a really great job of getting the reader invested in you and and rooting for you and making them think so i don't know well done okay last question do you have any do you have any <laughs> advice for aspiring authors now that you've gone through this slog
2: you know well it dep- yeah, of course it depends on what people want to do you know what they want to make but i just feel like aspiring authors should think about the younger generation. I just think they need nourishment. I think, you know, we're often trying to reach out to our peers and like, I mean, look, our, our peer, me, for me, I, are you a millennial as well? No. Okay. Well, my my generation, I just feel like we do a lot of talking to self and that's great, you know, whatever, that's what we we do. But I do think the younger generation could use some nourishment. So I just think it's really beneficial for us to start trying to talk to them because it's needed. And I know how important books were to me from, you know, people from the previous generation. I just think it's really important. And I've, I've read a lot of stuff recently from people in my age group where I'm like, I don't, I don't need this lesson. I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> like you know, I just want us to keep people younger than us in mind because it's helpful. Books are blueprints, especially like essay books are are blueprints for a lot of the, you know, People younger than us, and I try to think about that and what books did for me. You know, I think books were the difference in whether or not I was going to stay in Philadelphia or go pursue comedy, go pursue my fe- you know, my field or whatever. And it, it was more that than anything. It wasn't like me watching TV and or me watching movies or watching documentaries. It was books like Mindy Kaling's and Tina Fey's, where I was like, mm-hmm. look at these documented. Yeah, you know, think for even like Amy Sedaris's book, which like was was those things are helped me to feel like I had a friend who had done it, you know, and I think that's what's important. So that would be my number one piece of advice, and then my other piece of advice is to, and we'll see how this works out for me. So maybe they don't take this advice, but <laughs> I, think, I think being as vulnerable as possible and and really checking in with your own self. You know, I, sometimes I do read books and it's like, who are you talking to? Who are you? Like, I, I just, sometimes I'll read a book and I'm like, like, I, I don't know. I didn't come here to, to be taught. I just wanted to, you know, read a book. I don't need the, the lessons all the time. So I think it's, it's cool to be as vulnerable as you can. And to admit, I think at the beginning of the book, I don't know everything. I know some things, but I don't know everything. Wow. And then, and work from there. I love that. I mean, that's it. That's just
0: authentic and real and awesome. And P.S. My dad is from Philadelphia, and we used to get tasty cakes, and I loved that you put that in the book too. <laughs> that is like the required oh, breakfast. It made me, oh, yeah, made me, oh, yeah,
2: so much.
0: Anyway, yeah. all right. Well, so much I didn't even get to discuss your cousin and all this stuff. Anyway. Yeah. That's Thanks okay. for the book. I'm not even in your target audience. I'm like, I'm 44 years old. <laughs> I'm not a millennial, but that was the nicest thing anyone said to me all day. So <laughs> thank you for even asking. And if I were you, I would just don't worry about what people don't like because you're right, whatever. People have their own issues, but that reflects more about them than it does about you. And just go and celebrate the accomplishment and just like
2: keep on keeping on. Well, thank you. So that, wow, thank you. This was well, nice. I knew this would be a good podcast. I did. I knew it. <laughs> I'm so glad. (laughs)
0: All right. Well, have a great day and really wishing you you all the best of luck. Thank you so much. Have a good one. All right. Enjoy. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much to Farity Brand for being my sponsor again. Go to faritybrand.com slash Zibby for 20% off. Enjoy. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at zibbyowens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing, and thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince.
1: The cat